Hi, this is Robert Rickover. I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Lincoln, Nebraska. I also teach in Toronto, Canada. And my guest today is Eileen Troberman, an Alexander Technique teacher in the San Diego area. And we're going to talk today about uh, a challenge that arises uh, for someone who's using Alexander Technique directions. Eileen, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. It's good I'm to gonna see you switch, again. Switch out of gallery view so I'm not looking uh, over to the side to look at you. Well, there we go. Because I think it will record on your gallery it's view the same. anyway. Okay. Exactly good. the same. Good. So uh, here's here's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot, and I, I imagine you've been thinking about it some too. Uh, let's take a classic example. Let's say I'm going to use a direction like I'm free as I do an activity, and I notice that the activity is easier and lighter. That would be a pretty standard thing that could happen. And then uh, a challenge that arises is I notice that it's easier, and I become interested in that more easy way of moving. I'm kind of fascinated by it. And before I know it, the direction that caused that has disappeared from my brain. Does that resonate with you? I understand that. Yes, that yeah, happens a, a lot. Very, it That's happens what all the time. People do. They they confuse the result with the thing that got them. That is the result. That so. is the, that's the issue, and it's in, it's partly I think an issue because the part of us that is delivering this message to ourselves, which is the prefrontal cortex area of our brain, the decider, so to speak, uh, is very good at, at coming up with ideas about how to do things and plans and strategies, uh, but it's very limited in how many things it can pay attention to at any one time. And That's it absolutely depends, true. Depends yeah, a little bit on right. which neuroscientist you you talk to, but it's somewhere in the range of maybe five, six, seven, eight things. That kind of a number, fairly small number of things that this guy can keep going at any one time, and some of those are taken up with things like, well, if you're walking, you want to make sure there's not a hole in the ground in front of you that you might fall into, and just things that you need to, to go through life. So adding uh, an Alexander direction uh, does, does take up one of those slots, so to speak, and that in itself can be a little challenging for some people at first. But if you, if you use a direction and you're taking up one of those slots and then you start paying attention to the results, um, it's very likely, unless you're extremely skilled at having more things going at the same time, which I don't think most of us are, that the original direction will just drop out. And then you, you'll be so interested in the results that, the fact, the results will, will cease being so good pretty quickly, right? Does that make sense to you from your I experience? see it a little differently. How would you, how would you so, describe it? I think, and I could be wrong, but I think recent neuroscience mm -hmm. 
is uh, I think the understanding is we're not keeping a bunch of things all at once in our mind. We're switching quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain number of things we decided to attend to what's important. Mm-hmm. We picked out a few number, maybe that number, I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever you said. Mm-hmm. But it's not that we're keeping them. We don't have them at the same time. We're mm-hmm. switching. We're switching. Oh, okay. Like the example with the be. hole, you're not walking along. Okay, I've got to keep watching for the hole. You think, oh, all right, I'll notice. Oh, watch there. Watch, you know, come back to this. Mm-hmm. So what happens with people trying to keep a direction going? You can't keep a direction. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. It's a signal. Mm-hmm. It's a curiosity, actually, with what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And letting your body do the right thing by itself, but it's not something you hold on to. You can then oh, not interfere with it, yeah. but it's how often you, oh, you know, I think I will be curious again. But so it you, really, it, we're not yeah. doing a bunch at the same time. We're okay, being able that's, to switch. That's, good. that's a good point. Yeah. But if you, if you do get kind of drawn into the results, then it's, very un, it's less likely that you'll be continuing the renewal of the direction. Absolutely. Then your interest in the one thing that you can pay attention to at any right. given millisecond mm-hmm. is going to be the feeling, and you can't keep a feeling. Right. So it's going to get very confusing very quickly. Exactly. <laughs> and stiff. Right. So um, that's a challenge for people who are learning how to self-direct. And there are some, there are strategies around that, but it's, it's, it's a, it's definitely a challenge. Now there is another type of self-directing that you and I have talked about some, which is a slightly more indirect direction, which would might be along the lines of, uh, I wonder where uh, there's ease in my body, or I wonder where there's freedom in my body. A, a question, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And that's um, the, the block I had with that for some time was that when I would ask that question, a part of me would immediately start scurrying around <laughs> mentally to come up with an answer. And that, that kind of disrupted the flow of the question. So I've ha- I had an insight recently that um, I'd like your comments on, that the way to think about that is maybe a little different. You asked that question, I'm free. Nice, you just uh, made a change. Yeah. Whatever you did made a really nice change. In that, yes, and whatever you asked. So I ask a question, where do I notice freedom in my body? That might be, or where do I notice freedom? That could be a a really nice question to ask. And I think if you realize that all you have to do is ask that question, and the answer is almost, uh, you could say, built into the question in the sense that in the that your um, other parts of your brain and your nervous system immediately come up with the answer on their own. And I, or this guy, does not have to be looking around for the answer. I could ask the question, and then I could ask the question again. Great. That's great, Robert. You can see the change every time you do it. Right? Yeah. And what I found is that 
that can bring about some uh, almost like a different quality of release. Now, uh, when I notice that, it gets a little tricky again because I'm interested in it. So I might have to start over again with just asking the questions, but not trying to answer them, having no interest in answering the question, because the question, in a sense, has already been answered. That's, That's my current thinking true. about it. And yes. I think, yeah, you, is that your experience as yes, well? Yes, and it's how our brain works. And uh -huh. in the beginning, when I first learned this, it comes from Mio Morales and his primal Alexander. Mm -hmm. And when I was v first learning it many years ago, I was looking for the ease. I was like, well, wait, I, stop, wait, wait, I can't find it. It's going too fast. Or, mm -hmm. You know, I was trying and then I couldn't find it. And, it, you know, and so I was doing that instead of just asking the question. Just ask the question. And if you just ask the question, the way our brain works is automatically it does this lovely tonus of a coordination. Mm -hmm. um, the question creates the answer. Yes, it gives you that freedom that we, yeah, in right. Alexander, that FM, mm -hmm. in himself, um, he just came back. He just decided, okay, I'm going to come back and continue again with my direction. So he was just, in a way, he was not looking. I guess he was stuck in the beginning where he was looking for his directions to feel a certain mm -hmm. way. Sure. But then he realized that all he needed to do was say them and to his best of his ability he described them in certain words but i think right. even better because people try and do the words you know head folding up where's that where's back widening yeah. you know yeah. they become words you look for a feeling right you see that you're doing but if you're just curious mm -hmm. i wonder where do i notice a little bit of ease mm -hmm. where seems a little bit easier the way you say it where seems a right. little bit free but it is just a asking. challenge it is a just challenge asking. for people to to create that question and not have some interest in the answer i think you have to be a little i don't want to use the word discipline but you have to really be able to let go of looking for an answer and i think generally coming back to sort of more ordinary directions like freedom directions i'm free or my neck is free or uh negative direction like i'm not compressing myself any of those any or any, or even the forward and up stuff which i think is not as good but it, it's a legitimate alexander direction that if you can totally detach yourself from any interest in the outcome exactly you're gonna be yeah. way better off and that's one reason, by the way, why when I teach people, I ask them to run the little experiments using a direction, but I tell them like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, that's plenty. Maybe for some people, five seconds is plenty. This isn't <laughs> plenty like all day long. This is little yeah. short experiments so that at the end of the experiment, if they want, they can do a little recap in their mind of what happened. Oh, yeah, I did get a little lighter and easier when I thought that direction so that I'll have a little more confidence next time that I don't have to keep track of it. I can just put it out there and trust that it will be useful and I can always test it. You know, there are ways of testing it. It's pretty easy. So that's that's basically my sort of latest insight into the more indirect forms of directions, but I think they apply to all all directions. You want to I add? Absolutely. Anything? Yes. There's a, 
in, in uh, I don't know that's neuroscience, but the latest science that I know of mm-hmm. in terms of how this goes, how we get and perceive sensory information. Uh, we're getting so much sensory information. We have receptors in our skin. We have receptors mm-hmm. in the tendons and muscles. And there's all kinds of changes we're getting all at once. And it's all coming into our brain instantly. And then our brain decides to label it. What is that? Oh, okay. That's lighter. And then we think, okay, then I'm going to go for that feeling. But we're just always getting sensory information. And what causes it is what we decide to do. So it's associating it with the thing you decided to think of Mm -hmm. or where your attention went or what you did that gave you whatever sense you get. But you don't need to bother with that. You can go, well, this feels better. Huh, what did I do? What did I think? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was thinking where, I'm curious, where's there a little freedom? Oh, wow, that made another improvement. So you don't need to keep the improvement because you're going to keep improving. And each time that sensory information will be a little different. So I just wanted to say how that we're getting so much input all the time, but our brain then tries to label it. And if we're doing something where we want to, okay, is that forward and up? Is that, you know, we try and look for a label and then we're looking for something set instead of something that will continue to improve and expand. Yeah. So, uh, I think any, anyone who's an Alexander student or teacher listening to this that has uh, a question or reaction to it, please post it by the interview. So, I think that takes care of this topic, right? That sounds good. So, my guest today has been Eileen Troberman, and thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs>